2: because they'll make you all feel like you're winning.
1: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, doing it live per usual out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Tonight, we got a lot planned for you. Dan Rosen joining us to talk some playoff hockey in 10 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the couple games tonight, tomorrow, and the futures department. How are the Stanley Cup odds? Stacking up among one another. We will discuss that with Dan And again in about 10 minutes, like we said. Uh, after that, we'll hit some baseball action. I got one play on the diamond that I kind of want to dissect. And one that I did have a strong lean that still could be really good. But one in particular that I do have as a best bet. And naturally, like we typically do, we'll go over some props tonight throughout the NBA. Which we'll get into fully a little bit more so with Matt humans host of My Guys in the Desert. He'll be joining us, giving us his thoughts on the later slate of games in the nba plus he's got a baseball play as well involving the team here on the north side so plenty to get to on tonight's program let's get into it with the nba though because some of the bigger news yesterday occurred when well the sixers didn't get the sweep against the wizards and a large part of that was due to Joel Embiid getting injured and being removed from the game now it looks like it's not going to be a long-term injury and shouldn't be a lengthy absence for him throughout this postseason more just soreness in that knee But this has shifted the odds a tad bit in terms of the Eastern Conference futures. And if you look at it, naturally, the Nets still at the top. They're minus 125 as the odds-on favorite. They just keep getting more and more chalk toward them. And we'll get into that game in just a second. But in terms of coming out of the East, the Nets, the favorite, minus one and a quarter. Then Milwaukee, plus 250, waiting for their next opponent, probably. And let's be honest, it's going to be the Nets. Uh, the Sixers then, they go back down to plus 375, the Hawks 17-1, Wizards 150-1 along with the Knicks, and then the Celtics at 250-1 all the way at the bottom. But because of this news with Joel Embiid, that kind of begs the question, is it time to fade the Sixers? And, you know, if you've been following the show, you know that we played the Sixers at about plus 440 to come out of the Eastern Conference maybe about two months ago as of this point, a month and a half ago, whatever it may be. And naturally, their odds kept getting shorter, shorter, and shorter is much better. They were performing throughout the end of the season, and then they claimed the number one seed. Were looking great against the Wizards. Then you have the injury happen with Joel Embiid. So do you look to bet another team in terms of the Eastern Conference, or would you maybe still attack Philadelphia now that you're getting better odds? Well, in my opinion, yes, it's always a concern with Joel Embiid with injuries in general, especially this season, considering it was a big impact and the reason why he's not going to win MVP And especially now in the postseason, even though it's not supposedly going to be long-term, it's still concerning that it could get brought back up. But this Philadelphia team, in my opinion, still has the easiest path to the conference finals, right? I mean, presumably, let's just say they're going to be matched up against the Hawks next. In my opinion, I mean, even without Joel Embiid, this 76ers team is still going to be able to handle that squad. We saw them do so during the regular season without Embiid. They didn't really miss a step and you know granted it's a completely different beast i get that i understand but at the end of the day and why i picked the sixers to come out of the east is this team is just deep enough regardless if Embiid is out of the mix to compete with any other squad granted you know if this were to happen in the eastern conference finals say against brooklyn nets completely different conversation same thing against the milwaukee bucks but nevertheless i wouldn't be fading the sixers right now i wouldn't be jumping in on say the bucks plus 250 or the nets minus 125 The Sixers at plus 375, if you haven't played Philly at all to come out of the East and you've been waiting for a little bit better price, now may be your time. You're getting close to $4, and realistically, they're probably going to win that next matchup at home against the Wizards, and so maybe their odds will be stagnant or shift down a little bit. So if you've been wanting to jump in on some value in the Eastern Conference, now may be your opportunity because I don't think it's going to be too, and I'm really hoping it's not going to be too big of a concern with Joel Embiid and his injury. And again, with the Nets, now is a minus 125 favorite. Look, I know they're going to get out of this first round, but assuming they get matched up with the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're kind of just talking about this before the show, my producer and I, and, you know, I was thinking maybe the Nets are about minus 160 on the series if the Sixers are healthy. And at that point, again, you're having more insurance that they make it there. You'll see what happens in that next series, assuming they go against the Bucks, Injuries, of course, could happen there, too. So hold off with Lane with the Nets is kind of the strategy I would take. I wouldn't lay the minus 125 now if I had enough conviction by the time it got to the Eastern Conference Finals that I would be comfortable laying upwards to minus 160 with them against potentially the Philadelphia 76ers. But maybe some value now because of that injury and loss last night with Embiid. Their plus 375 is Philadelphia to come out of the Eastern Conference. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by BetRivers. Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, doing it live out of the Bett Rivers Sportsbook, per usual, here on a Tuesday. You got some good action coming your way. Dan Rosen hopping on in five minutes. Does great work for NHL.com. he will be talking some puck this evening with the games we have to look forward to and in the coming days, plus uh, just long-term down the road. Can a team surprise maybe another squad? I mean, the Avalanche are the odds on favor, but could maybe a team like Boston, Tampa Bay, can they give them a run for their money? Is it going to be worth putting your money on them down the road? We'll hit that with Dan Rosen. Matt Humens will be joining us, host of My Guys in the Desert. We'll talk some basketball and some baseball. And speaking of basketball, we were just getting into the Eastern Conference futures because of the news of Joella Beaton's injury. You saw the impact it had last night. What's it going to have going forward? In my opinion, I wouldn't be too worried about it based on the prognosis as of this point is that it's not going to be anything too long-term, you know, knock on wood, but uh, that's what we're hoping for Embiid and the 76ers. So if you want to get in on the value, now may be the best time with Philly. But let's kind of keep it in the realm of tonight because we have a bet pending to hopefully cash, and that involves the Celtics and the Nets. If you remember, the bet we played was that the series would finish in under five and a half games, meaning in my opinion, that it was going to be the net sweeping or winning in five. And we laid minus one sixty-seven, but you know, we went into it and all the logistics with it and just numbers, and that was the best opportunity in our mind. And Brooklyn has a chance to do that tonight as a 12 and a half point favorite. They're also minus 910 on the money line at home. The Celtics catching six to one on the buyback. This total at about two thirty-five. Uh, it's bumped up from two thirty-one and a half. Looks like no Kemba Walker, no Robert Williams. Now Brooklyn again looking to close this one out. The spread hasn't really shifted too much. I think it maybe got up to 13, half, if anything, but now it's dropped back down to 12.5. Look, I get Boston just not that great of a team at this point, and they're a little bit banged up, and Brooklyn can flip the switch at any given moment, but it seems really hard to lay double digits. and Even at 12.5 uh, at this point in the postseason, despite the Celtics' struggles and the Nets' success, so, really, I think my move would have been, if anything, to go with the total and look over. But again, because you missed the boat with that, it's about three and a half points, five or four points. You know, at this point, I'd probably just be waiting for the in game angle. But again, you know, we're waiting to cash her under five and a half games. So, personally, probably just going to be sitting back watching this one, hoping we get ourselves a nice Brooklyn Nets win. But again, you're seeing them as a 12 and a half point favorite in this total up to 235, slightly shaded to the under, minus 112. Probably going to be a lot of scoring in this one as we're typically been accustomed to. And again, you know, if you're looking for some of those props, uh, we're not going to get into it with this game per se. We'll hit the later slate of games with some props. But Marcus Smart's been a guy who's been on a tear in this series despite the lack of scoring coming from other angles with Boston. Marcus Smart, defensive-minded and oriented. He's been putting up some points, and I know we cashed with him earlier this, or I think it was last week rather, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. But he's a good look if you're looking for kind of a prop angle. But this Brooklyn Nets team laying double digits should be a fun one. Hopefully we get ourselves a winner with that under 5.5 games in this series bet at about minus 167. And then just giving you the early preview for the later games tonight. Again, we'll get into this deeper with Matt Humans later in the show. Uh, But Denver up to now a a 2.5-point favorite at home, hosting the Portland Trail Blazers. They're also minus 132 is Denver on the money line. The Blazers plus 112 on the buyback. Total at 226, shaded to the over at about minus 113. So at home, Denver's been getting a lot of the attention in this spot. And look, rightfully so. I mean, the series seems like it's going to be going back and forth and back and forth. Same thing could happen with the Lakers and Suns. Probably a little bit more advantage with Phoenix here than you would give Denver against the Blazers. Because Phoenix going against the Lakers, presumably without Anthony Davis tonight. But again, we'll get more into that later on in the show with Matt Eumanns to talk some hoops. But, of course, let's start it out with some hockey talk. Like we teased already, Dan Rosen joining us now to give us some thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's been an exciting postseason thus far. And you can catch Dan Rosen as a senior writer over at NHL.com and host of the NHL, the rink. Great job covering the league. And, Dan, we got a great game to look forward to this evening with the Hurricanes and the Lightnings. We appreciate you hopping on. What did you see from Game 1 that stuck out the most? And how do you think that's going to translate to Game 2 tonight?
4: Well, you know, a couple of things. Uh, It was kind of as expected, tight, a little bit low scoring with Carolina and Tampa. Um, You know, one thing that you find with Tampa is their power play is so dangerous. But I was really, now they scored a power play goal in game one. But I was really impressed with the the pressure up ice and, and really hitting every aggressive pressure point they could. Uh, the Hurricanes' penalty kill against that power play. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the adjustment that Tampa Bay makes tonight. Usually they like to get set up in that umbrella setup that they have with Hedman at the and Kucherov in the right circle, and Stamkos in the left, and work it around and look for the shot or the bumper man or point uh, in the middle. And that's hard to do when you're facing an aggressive PK. So I think they're going to have to be shooting more uh, and shooting quicker, I should say. So that's one thing that I noticed from that game. I thought Alex Nedeljkovic, their goalie in Carolina, their rookie goalie, he was good. But the problem is he let in a bad goal. And the other guy, Andre Vasilevsky, doesn't let in bad goals. you know. So when you let in one bad goal against Tampa, it, it can really come back to burn you. And that's exactly what happened. The goal against Barclay the Barclay goudreau scored in game one. Was not a good goal? Uh, Nedeljkovic kind of, he's got the post sealed. He moves his pad back away from the post. The puck goes under the blocker right into the spot where the pad was and it goes in the net so I look for him to be a little bit uh, I think his response is going to be real key tonight because that was not a good one and he's a rookie so you always wonder how rookies are going to respond but I think he'll respond well so I think it'll be a good game tonight
3: yeah, Tampa Bay is certainly a team that's going to make you pay for your mistakes, and that was the case in game one. And Tampa Bay comes back tonight as the slight underdog, according to the odds here, even money. The Hurricanes a slight favorite, minus 115, and actually that's the angle we're seeking out here, Dan. Yeah. And, you know, the first game was a shorter scoring game, 2-1. to one, The Lightning got the dub. And in terms of the total, we see this at about 5.5, shaded to the under. Do you see this potentially as another lower scoring affair, or could we be seeing more pucks in the net this evening?
4: So I think it's going to be lower scoring and I could be wrong, but I just, you know, I, I do think it's going to be lower scoring because both of these teams are doing a really good job of canceling each other out five on five and it becomes a special teams game. Game one was a special teams game and they both scored a power play goal. But when you're canceling each other five on five, one power play goal each, you're going to get a low scoring game. You're going to get under five and a half. You know I mean? That's just the way it is. So I, I think both these teams are aggressive. They like the four truck. They like the, they try to have the puck a lot, but they're aggressive in getting it back. They like to go up the ice. Um, so you're going to see a fast-paced game, but the goaltending was very good in game one, especially from the Lightning's side. Victor Hedman cancels out a lot of plays, but so does Jacob Slavin on the, on the Hurricanes end. And I just think because you have all that, I do look for low scoring. Now watch it be like a seven to five type
3: game. <laughs> Yeah, that's naturally how it happens a lot of these times. But, no, you're right. I mean, as indicated by the odds, the under looks like the popular play in terms of the market and where the money's showing. And I agree with you here, too. And I guess the other angle I want to ask you about before we move on to tomorrow's games, you know, when we look at the series price, who's going to be the victor of this series? The Lightning are the big favorite, minus 286. Carolina plus 223. How does the dynamic of this series shift in your mind? If the Hurricanes are able to pull off the dub, do you maybe think that Tampa Bay still has the advantage in this series, or does the momentum then swing to Carolina when they head to Tampa after tonight?
4: See, I picked Carolina in this series thinking that there still would be a split in the first two games. I'm not 100% sure why I did that. I've watched Carolina all year. To me, they're a team that, and even in the first round, they show that great resiliency that, that I think, you see in teams that have a knack of figuring out how to move on and Tampa Bay did it last year and they certainly can do it this year. They're that same type of team, but I just look at the Carolina hurricanes and I look at the way they're built and how they're aggressive and the way that they try to move up the ice and how aggressive they are in their forecheck too. And then. You know, the defense is so solid with, with Slavin and Hamilton and Pesci and Shea. I mean, that's a legit top four, it's legit of a top 4D as you're going to get. And they, they insulate Nadelkovich well, but Nadelkovich is a guy who is, he is one of those typical goalies, typical winning goalies, in that if he gives up a bad one, what we've seen from him is it, he shoves it off. It's not a big deal. He, he's got an old-school mentality where he doesn't overthink it, and I think you that's a key thing here. So, I mean, you could say all the same things about the Lightning and they're the championship team from last year. It's hard to repeat, number one, and I just look at the way the Hurricanes are built and the way they play and how relentless they can be, and in a long series, I'm still going with them.
3: All right, let's look ahead to tomorrow night. Winnipeg hosting Montreal in Game 1 of this second-round series, and the Jets, they open minus 115. A lot of love coming for them early on. They're up to minus 134 as the home favorite. The Canadiens plus 116. This total we're seeing at 5.5 again, like this past game, shaded to the under. Now, the Jets haven't played for quite some time. I mean, May 24th was their last matchup, and the Canadiens coming off their dub and ending the series the other day. What's kind of your factor when it comes to Ira? How much do you factor in, rather, with this ample amount of time off? Do you give that a benefit in terms of the rest, or are they going to be slow to come out of the gate?
4: Well, here's the thing. We, I had the same question about the Avalanche. You know, after they were off for a number of days and they had to go play Vegas in Game 1 after Vegas won a seven-game series. And it was, a, you know, one full-day arrest, and then bang for Vegas they're into Game 1 after winning Game 7. And you saw what happened. I mean, Colorado outskated them. They outraced them. They dominated every part of that game. They won 7-1. Vegas just was too slow, had no chance. I fear the same thing could happen to the Montreal Canadiens. They're coming off of a high. Now, they did fly into Winnipeg last night. So after the game, they flew in. It was not a full travel day today. They traveled last night. So they had the full day off in Winnipeg to get the rest. And, you know, Vegas didn't do that with Colorado. It's not that long of a flight either from Vegas to Colorado. Um, but uh, I, I think you're going to see Winnipeg come out flying. They have been preparing for this. Uh, I'm sure they've been breaking down Montreal and Toronto for a long time. They finally know who they're playing. Uh, they got a lot of energy. They're rested. I think they come out flying. And it's going to be interesting to me if Jake Allen gets the start or if Carey Price gets the start. I would imagine it's going to be Carey Price for Montreal. But if they go by the way the Vegas did and they say to themselves, you know what, game one, we're not you know, we're we're not the rest of the team. They are. Maybe we just start our backup and give Terry an extra day and try to get a split out of game two. So we'll see. But I look for Winnipeg to come out flying in game one
3: completely with you. The Canadians have been such an anomaly to me, and I'm surprised they've made it to this point, but I guess that's the Maple Leafs disappointing per usual, so yeah. I'm with you. I'm leaning toward Winnipeg in that game. We'll see what happens, but the market's certainly going that way as well. And then, Dan, let's talk about the aforementioned Colorado Avalanche here, a big favorite, naturally. After that big win against VGK, they bounce back as a minus 186 favorite. Plus 160 for VGK. This total at five and a half, however, shaded to the over. Goals coming in a plenty, at least for Colorado in game one. Did the Golden Knights hang in there in game two? And what's kind of the pace of this game? What can we expect?
4: Yeah, I think game two is not going to look at all like game one look. And for all the reasons I laid out before is why game one looked the way it did, as one sided as it did. These are two toss-up teams. I mean, they're very close. It, It wasn't close in game one because one team had all the rest and the other team did not. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury will likely go back into Met for game two for Vegas. They play very well with him and net; he's a leader on that team. So that's number one, but I still struggle to figure out where, or I'm sorry to say, how Vegas slows down Colorado. I don't know that any team can, uh, and that's where I'm struggling with this. And it's interesting. Everybody's shading to the over, right? You got two Vezina Trophy finalists in the net in Grubauer and Flurry. That was announced today and still the over. And I think it's going to be the over because I look at it and I just say there's just too much firepower, especially on the Avalanche side.
3: And then finally, let's kind of talk about this Bruins team. I've been itching to ask you this question. My producer was telling me that he pulled the trigger on the Bruins uh, to win the Stanley Cup. Look, they've had a really hot streak in this postseason, obviously, uh, their series tied up one apiece right now, but the Bruins plus 550 to win the Cup. Do you think that could be a viable option, or are you kind of with the crowd in the sense that the Avalanche are the top team, and it's really their, their race to lose at this point?
4: Well, I'll tell you what. Here's how I look at it. Um, the, the way Boston has been playing, now I know they're losing overtime, but you saw the way they came back in the third period to force that overtime. They have a line that nobody can stop. So does Colorado, right? So there's that. But Boston has the experience. Boston's got a lot. It's not a bad bet to pick Boston. If you get to the Stanley Cup finally, the Boston Bruins, and you get there, uh, you got to take the chances. But I think Col- I still look at Colorado, and I look around. And I go, there's no team in the league that can slow this team down. And, and I don't know how you do, to be honest with you. Nathan McKinnon was built in a lab. It's ridiculous how good this guy is, and then he's got Rantanen and Landis and, and and you know what? If Colorado gets through this round, they're going to get Nazem Kadri back too after he serves the suspension. If they, you know, the, the earliest he could play would be a game seven, so he's going to help them. They're going to get a reinforcement there. Their goaltending is solid. Their defense is unbelievable. Kale McCarr is as smooth as it comes. Boston is a great pick. I would never begrudge it, but I still look at Colorado up and down, and I'm like, if they get through Vegas, I don't think I don't see how many teams would beat them.
3: Yeah, Colorado, things are just looking up and up for this avalanche squad now, plus 135 to win the Cup, but rightfully so, as you mentioned. I mean, this team just looking like the future is going to keep getting brighter, the assuming other, they get some players. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We got about the 30 other, seconds, but thing, go ahead.
4: The other thing the other thing with Boston, Bruce Cassidy said it today, the Tuka Rask is dealing with some mix and maximum injuries. And if, they, if Tuka's not at 100%, then the Bruins are not at 100%.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. But, Dan, hey, we appreciate you taking some time tonight. I love catching up and talking some puck with you. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Anytime. Thanks a At D. Rosen NHL is where you can follow him on Twitter. Catch him over at NHL.com and host of NHL The Rink. Good conversation surrounding the NHL and kind of a good look forward to really the Stanley Cup futures because, again, the Bruins plus 550, not too shabby of a bet. but. Dan alluded to this Colorado team just so dominant they're plus 135 to win the cup still this far out so that's pretty impressive we'll see how they hold up tomorrow night against Vegas Golden Knights they their almost a two dollar favorite we'll get into that more so tomorrow and that Winnipeg and Montreal game thinking I might be playing a bet on the Jets and looking to extend our NHL betting streak speaking of betting streaks what about props do we have any tonight we'll let you know in terms of the NBA stick around it is rush hour Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. To get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it out, BetRivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour, all on v Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bat River Sportsbook. Shout out to Dan Rosen hopping on, appreciating his time, talking some puck with tonight's action, tomorrow's, and some futures down the road. But let's kind of focus on tonight again, but in terms of the NBA postseason betting, a couple of games to look forward to tonight. We have a few, but uh, more so we're going to look into the later games and perhaps some props that could be of interest to you. Uh, Let's start with this Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets game. Now, this one's certainly fascinating in terms of the spread and money line in itself. The Nuggets, we were seeing at the beginning of the show up to two and a half, but now it's ticked back down to two, actually, and they're now just minus 125 on the money line at home as we see Portland catching plus 106, this total at about 226. And, you know, I, I do think I still have the edge toward Portland winning this series most likely, but in this game, it's still just tricky because I think it's just going to keep going back and forth until something switches. But, you know, I guess if anything, if I'm having to bet this, I would just take the plus money because I just do see it as a neck-and-neck matchup. But, again, not enough conviction for me to want to go one way or the other. This total at 226, kind of tough to handicap in my sense because it's been a little bit lower scoring affairs than you would think between these two squads. But, nevertheless, going to be staying away from all of those angles but an angle that was pretty interesting to me. That, you know, seems like a pretty solid bet. Full disclosure, I didn't actually play, it, but I think if you have a little bit more confidence in it than I do, this could be a good look. And that's revolving around Aaron Gordon. 11 and a half is where his points prop is for this evening. Minus 113 each way for Gordon. Now, you know, he's he's gotten to this team and the Nuggets did very well with him, right? And then there's been the struggles with Jamal Murray being absent. We knew that was gonna happen. It was inevitable. The thing about Aaron Gordon is he really hasn't been producing offensively as much as we were accustomed to seeing him do with the Magic. Now, that's because, again, a big part, he doesn't have to be the number one guy there with Jokic being the top dog, MPJ doing his thing. And even when Jamal Murray was in the mix, he was getting points, too. But, you know, with Jamal Murray out, Aaron Gordon really hasn't lit up in that part of the stat sheet, right? But, you know, he's been fairly efficient. He just hasn't been producing a lot of points. He's averaging just over 10 versus the Blazers this year but 12 points per game in this postseason series against the Blazers. Now, uh, Game 1 dropped 16 points. Game 2 and 3 dropped 13 points. Game 4, only 6 points, but also he only played 18 minutes, which was a little bit strange for Gordon. During the regular season, dropped 2 points in a game where he only played 12 minutes and then 12 points in another matchup in April against Portland. So, overall, he's gone over it in 4 out of 6 games this year, but 3 out of 4 in the postseason And when you look at his shot selection, 52% for Gordon are coming at the rim during this series, and he's making about 48% of them. So not too shabby, it's just the amount of attempts are seldom at this point for Gordon. Uh, The Blazers are allowing opponents to get about 35% of their shots up at the rim and to connect on 66% of them. So, you know, nothing too crazy that made me run to the counter and want to bet this. But 11 and a half seems almost like, you know, you look at Aaron Gordon, you're like, why is it so low? He should be going over this pretty easily, and it's minus 113 each way, not even shaded to the over. But again, it's not like he's been going out of his mind and just racking up these points. 16 was the most he had, and that was game one. Otherwise, it was 13 and 13 and 6. So I would get why you wouldn't want to play this because it's just a little bit of uncertainty with him. So that's why I didn't, but I still think the over could be the move with Aaron Gordon at 11 and a half. Now let's look at that Lakers and Suns game. Again, we'll talk about this a little bit deeper with Matt humans in 20 minutes or so. I like the Suns here. They're now minus five. The total's 209. Uh, I'm kind of interested. Maybe I would do a Suns and Clippers parlay. It's about even money for the game tonight and looking forward to tomorrow. But looking at a prop for this game, check out DeAndre Ayton, 15.5. It is shaded to the over minus 136. He's been a beast against the Lakers this year, averaging 18 points per game. He's gone over 15.5 in five out of the seven games against the Lakers this season. No Anthony Davis more than likely. Could open up some holes for him offensively. Now AD has been kind of a liability defensively in this series. So we'll see how Drummond does taking over without Anthony Davis next to him. But DeAndre Ayton, a guy we made money off of the other week, could be the same case tonight without Anthony Davis in the mix. 15.5 is where he stands. Not playing it officially. I didn't want to lay the minus 136 for this one. But if you trust Ayton, over 15.5 could once again be a solid look. However, I do have an official play in baseball. Let's go out on the West Coast. I'll let you know what that is. And we still got more baseball action here on the north side coming up next. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our Besan experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every single game. All available at slash mlb and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at slash subscribe Welcome back to Beason, the sports betting network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Like we just talked about with some baseball action, several games already underway. But let's take a gander at the later slate this evening, and start with a game that I do have an official play in involving the Giants and the Angels in San Fran. Uh, 8:45 p.m. Central Time, first pitch. Alex Wood, the Southpaw, has been off to a great start to his 2021 campaign. He has taken the bump for San Francisco. Opposing him is Andrew Haney. Full southpaws. And Haney on the year. 2-3 with a 5.24 ERA. Solid XFIP of 3.76 and a 1.28 whip. Wood even better though. 5-2 with a 2.44 ERA. 2.92 XFIP and a 1.04 whip. Now in terms of what we're seeing with the price-wise money line for this game. Uh, this one opened up with San Fran at about minus 144. The Angels plus 134. Currently at Bet Rivers, the Giants getting a lot of love in the market, up to minus 162. Seven is where we're seeing this total shaded to the under, minus 124, and the opener was at seven and a half, so the under getting some love, and then we see the Angels go up to about plus 140. Now, when you're looking at how these teams have been doing as of late, you know, we were kind of talking about the Giants uh, the other day, and, you know, how they've been a very profitable squad to back as at this point, and, you know, I think we had a nice winner with them a week or two ago, and... I think this is going to be the same case tonight. I laid a decent amount here at about minus 153. But you look at this offense, the last 15 days for the Giants against Southpaws, they got a 786 OPS, which is fourth best in the big leagues. Conversely, with the Angels against Southpaws, the last 15 days, 694 OPS, which is 15th in Major League Baseball. You compare the bullpen ERAs, the Angels have had their struggles, no doubt about that, just under 5 bullpen ERA the Giants just over four 4.01 Angels 4.96 to be exact Angels lost at San Francisco last night 6-1 to and you're catching a hot Giants team on a four game winning streak so again now they're up to minus 162 I play them minus 153 if you're comfortable laying minus 162 that's the route that I suggest taking. This Giants team is hotter. The Angels still banged up. Can't trust their bullpen. They're hitting a suspect. And I think the Giants are catching on a nice roll. And, you know, despite it being somewhat higher of a price, it could arguably be higher because of the, un, you know, certainties with this Angel team and makes them impossible to bet. So I play the Giants on the money line, and that's a play I got on the diamond this evening. Now, this next game we'll get into a little bit later with Matt Humans next segment because I know he has a play on. But uh, the Padres and Cubs, this is going to be a fun one tonight. Chicago getting the dub yesterday against San Diego. Javi Baez going off. Said he was looking forward to playing this team considering the young and stud-filled infield they have. But Chicago, they opened up even money as the dog. They're up to minus 121. They're getting steamed all day long. San Diego went from minus 110 to plus 102 currently. This total opened eight up to eight and a half shaded to the under still minus one seventeen. Again, the Cubs got the dub last night seven to two. Tonight they put out Kyle Hendricks, who's you know slowly getting a little bit better. Tough start to his year, but overall he's five and four with a four point six three ERA, a four point oh six xFIP, and a WHIP of one point four two, which you know naturally is not what you want to see in terms of that category. Then you look at Ryan Weather's taking the bump for the Padres, the southpaw two and one this season. ERA, a higher XFIP though, which, you know, you got to kind of correlate that with each other, 4.25, so not a true indicator of what his ERA is, the XFIP at 4.25 is more realistic, he's got a whip of under 1 at .90, so not bad, but realistically probably not as good as these numbers are leading you to believe is Weathers, especially against his Cubs team that's been hot as of late, This market has moved a lot towards Chicago throughout the day, up to minus 121. Those bats have been looking great, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Anthony Rizzo may be back in the lineup tonight. I'll double-check on that. But he's been out with some back problems these past several games, so that's going to be a big boost to the offense as well. Hard not to look the way the Cubbies here on the north side. The market's going that way. That's the way I would be going, too. But not playing anything officially, but I do think Chicago is the right side tonight against the Padres' first pitch in that one. Uh, Probably in about 25 minutes or so. Now, finally, let's preview this Houston and Boston matchup. This one I was really close to playing officially because we saw big movement in the market, and I like the pitching advantage here for Houston. They open minus 119 up to minus 155. Boston plus 125 on the buyback. This total eight and a half dropped from the opener of nine. The Astros still a little bit banged up with Brantley. Guriel and Alvarez still missing, but the Astros, despite that, beat down on the Red Sox yesterday 11-2. Now Garrett Richards has taken the mound for the Red Sox. He's 4-3 with a 4.47 XVIP and a 1.50 whip, so Richards really hasn't been that stable this season. Luis Garcia, the young stud, he's been pretty solid, not bad. 1.02 whip, 4.10 XVIP, a little bit higher than you would like, but he is 3-3 with a 2.93 ERA last 15 days versus righties, the Red Sox, they have a 737 OPS, which is ninth. But overall this season, they're third against righties, hitting 765 OPS. Houston overall this year against righties, 738 OPS, which puts them about seventh best. And still the same story, really, this past couple weeks, 748 OPS against righties. So basically what I'm saying here is I think the pitching advantage goes toward Houston here slightly, and the market, again, we've seen tremendous movements toward them, now up to minus 155 from the opener at minus 119. You know, their injuries are a little bit concerning to me, and, you know, we've seen it happen with Boston so many times this season where their bats can get hot. The total has dropped, again, remember, 9 to 8.5. But for the reason that, you know, this number moves so much and that, in my opinion, there's a little bit of kind of wavering with the injuries with Houston, I'm staying away from it. But that could be a good look if you're looking for where the market moved big in one favor of a team or in favor of one team. Houston is one of those squads. And tonight you can get them currently up at BetRivers Rivers at about minus 155. Boston, again, on the buyback at about plus 125. This total 8.5, shaded to the over minus 121. Under 100 plus plus 102 if you want a little bit of value but again uh, runs could be coming in plenty here but Luis Garcia in my mind has the advantage on the mound so I would look toward Houston in this game against Boston but in summation the one play I've got on the diamond and just overall tonight we are rolling with the San Francisco Giants late about minus 153 with the squad this evening as they're taking on Joe Madden's Angels again this went up to about minus 162 but Look, Alex Wood has been tremendous this season, and so have the Giants against lefties these past couple weeks. 7.86 OPS, fourth best in the big leagues. Cannot trust the Angels whatsoever. Haven't been able to all season, and I don't think I'm going to be able to tonight. So we're rolling with the San Francisco Giants. As always, best of luck if you tail with any of our wagers. And speaking of which, we're looking to tail some of Matt Human's plays. He'll tell you what he's playing on the hardwood and the diamond tonight. Stick around. Coming up next here on Rush Hour.
6: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com, that's ang dot or download the app today.
3: The most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. To get a hold the daily hometown discount, check it out. All available at betrivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of the show that is Rush Hour right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live out of the Bed Rivers Sportsbook. we got plenty of sports betting action going as I'm looking at the big screen here. The game uh, with the Nets and the Celtics about to tip off any moment. A couple more NBA games to look forward to this evening and some baseball action. And for that, we bring on Matt Eumanns, host of My Guys in the Desert. Does a great job also editing Point Spread Weekly, giving you content daily. And, Matt, let's get right into it with the later matchup this evening on the hardwood, the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. You know, this one's been really hard to dissect, in my opinion, but we've seen the spread kind of go in favor of Denver, 1.5, up to as high as 2.5. It's come back down to 2 currently. Total's been pretty steady at 226. Did you have any strong feelings worthy of a play for this matchup tonight?
2: Not at all. In fact, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me about that game because I have (laughs) no clue uh, how to play that game tonight. It's uh, Damian Lillard's probably going to bounce back off the poor game he had uh, in Portland. But, you know, even when the Lillard's had a big game, that doesn't guarantee uh, a win for the Blazers. I think it's the spot is uh, a lot of times you're betting spots in the NBA playoffs, and the spot is better for the Nuggets tonight. But I think really the smarter way to probably play this is well, I bet it. When you have short numbers, uh, NBA games are always volatile, and you have uh, swings and big runs. Whichever side you like, you're probably going to be able to find a better number in live betting tonight. So if you like the Blazers, just kick back when the Nuggets pull out and take a bigger lead. You can uh, bet the Blazers at a better number. And uh, I would think that the Nuggets are not going to lead wire to wire. And um, instead of laying the two and a half, you might be able to catch a few points in the Nuggets if they get off to a slow start tonight. So a lot of times, uh, you know, in sports betting, it's about trying to get the best number. You you don't necessarily have to have a, a strong opinion on the matchup and uh, I think live betting might be the way to go on that game today at least for me because I don't have a strong opinion on the side.
3: Now I'm with you here too. I mean again, th- this series is going to keep going back and forth and I think it's really hard to have any conviction one way or the other. It seems like one of those spot matchups like you alluded to where Denver could be the right side, but I think your approach with the in-game is probably the best way to attack it and that's how I would look toward it. Now this next game, though, with the Lakers and Suns, I, I have a little bit more of an angle on in terms of what I would do pre flop. I didn't bet it officially, Matt, but. You know, to me, I think Phoenix is the right side here because we've seen this Lakers team struggle when they haven't had both LeBron and Anthony Davis in the mix, right? I mean, both of them just haven't been able to get the job done consistently when they're missing their counterpart. And you're seeing them catching five tonight, this total at about 209. Again, I don't necessarily want to lay the five. I still think this could be almost an in-game approach to where if the Lakers keep it close, get out to an early lead, then maybe jump on Phoenix. Uh, how are you looking to approach this one in Phoenix tonight, tip-off at about nine ten p.m. Central time?
2: I think that's a pretty good way to look at it, too, because I lean to, toward the Suns winning this game tonight, but I definitely don't want to lay the five. I think it's going to be a close-down-to-the-wire type of game, and uh, Chris Paul can relax because Scott Foster is not on the game tonight, so you probably heard mm-hmm. the Suns have lost 11 in a row when Scott Foster's the ref, and um, that's not the case tonight. I think the Suns are in a, a pretty good spot here. With uh, is it confirmed now that AD is going to miss the game? Because last I heard he was doubtful. I was not expecting him to play. Has, has he been declared out, Danny?
3: Yeah, last I saw he was doubtful as well. I'll double-check right now. But, okay. you know, my assumption is that he's going to be out. That's how I would look toward handicapping it.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's physically fragile. And he's the type of guy probably needs a few days off. The rest is groin and come back. And, see, you know, if the Lakers can steal one tonight, then they're in a, a great position. Uh, going back uh, home for the next game, but you know they're not going to panic. If they drop this game tonight with AD, you'd go back home, tie up the series, and uh, go from there. It's an all-or-nothing game seven. But uh, the Lakers have had a lot of practice this season playing without LeBron or without AD or without both guys. So it's not like um, they don't have any idea what to do tonight without Anthony Davis. But I thought this was interesting, and it's not the same LeBron, uh, I don't think, at this stage of his career, but he's never lost back-to-back games in the first round of the NBA playoffs in his career. Never lost back-to-back games in the first round. That's pretty remarkable, actually. And in the uh, games off a of loss, he's 12-0 and straight up and 8-4 and against the spread. So do you want to bet against him tonight? I think you're probably going to see the best of LeBron tonight. You might want to look at props, uh, prop numbers on LeBron over the totals. And uh, to look at something like that, I, I expect him to, uh, to put up big numbers and the Lakers to uh, have a shot to win this game. But, again, you know, this is another one I, I think a lot of times in these playoff games, if you don't have a strong opinion and you kick back and you watch it and you got your phone in your hand and you have uh, an opportunity to grab a better, better number on live wagering, and uh, you just have to have a feel for that stuff. And a lot of times I feel like that's a better way to play the games, too.
3: Yeah, and those stats about LeBron are crazy. I saw those earlier today, too, and that's also, I guess, a little part of me why I don't want to lay the five because you're still betting against LeBron James no matter how old he is. 27-and-a-half, Matt, is where we're seeing his uh, points prop tonight, shaded heavily to the over minus 155, so a little bit tougher to lay that because he hasn't sniffed anywhere near that this series, albeit this is a completely different matchup. Now, you know, sticking on this before we move on to some baseball, I got to ask because the series price betting is always fun to watch and see how these prices fluctuate. If the Suns do get the victory tonight, you know, Los Angeles is already about plus 148 to win the series. And if you can assume that Anthony Davis is going to be back for game six, would you almost take a little shot with Los Angeles in that value if they're north of two to one dogs, or do you just more go with the game by game basis?
2: Yeah, I would definitely take a shot on the Lakers to win the series. You know, you you always get the sense that LeBron's going to find a way to get it done. He's going to – Chris Paul's a guy who's never had much luck in the playoffs, and LeBron does. And a lot of times in situations like that, you want to bet on the guy who's had the success in the past. And if you grab the Lakers at that type of number, how can you not? Think about the value in that as compared to the price when the series opened. Uh, I'm not going to bet it personally because I bet the Lakers at even money after game one to win the series. And I thought that was a good bet at the time. And then when they're up 2-1, I, I thought I was stealing money. And then AD goes down, they lose game four. It's a totally different series. So you see wild swings in the series prices. But, yeah, I bet the Lakers at even money uh, going into game two of uh, the series. And I think that uh, even if they drop tonight's game, you have to take a look at grabbing a big plus price with the Lakers still to win the series.
3: Yeah, it's just that sort of feeling, right? I mean, LeBron to get out this early just seems like that would be insane. So I'm with you, too. And I really consider doing the even money after Game 1, and I still think that was a solid bet because he can't bank on an injury happen- happening, so... That's always a tough case, but I'm with you. I think if they do lose tonight, that'll be a good kind of angle to look at if they're going to have some value, maybe plus 230 or more so. So uh, we'll scout out that for tomorrow. In terms of tonight, once again, Matt, another bet that you're looking to place in terms of baseball, let's talk Cubs and Padres. We were kind of previewing this game before we brought you on. The market's been moving in favor of Chicago up to minus 121. Eight and a half is where we're seeing this total. Kyle Hendricks against Weathers here. Uh, what do you like about Kyle Hendricks potentially tonight at home with this Red hot Cubs team?
2: Yeah, I was on the follow the money show with Mitch Moss this morning and uh, going over the baseball card. And I thought this was the best value I could find on the board at the time. The Cubs were even money at circa this morning. So I bet the Cubs at plus 100, and I thought that price was off. I really thought they should have been favored probably uh, in the minus 115 range. Right before I jumped on with you, I'd noticed Circa's up to Cubs minus 127. Uh, wow. So some people agreed on that. Uh, Weathers is going for the, the Padres, and uh, he's not a dominant starting pitcher. He's not going to go deep into the game. The Padres do have a really good bullpen, so it's not like I'm betting against the San Diego pitching here. I'm just I'm betting on the Cubs offense. Uh, suddenly gotten hot, right? Chris Bryant, I think, is putting up MVP type of numbers. He's got a 13-game hit streak. Javi Baez hit a couple of homers yesterday. The Cubs offense is starting to heat up with the weather there in Chicago. And uh, they're playing pretty good baseball right now. I like, I like a lot of what I see from the Cubs. I think they do have to make a move at some point this summer to add some starting pitching. But Kyle Hendricks, if he keeps pitching this way, that's going to help. In May, Hendricks was 4-1 and one with a 267 ERA and five starts. He had a really solid start on a Sunday night against the Cardinals. So I, I didn't think the uh, Cubs should have been home dogs on uh, on the overnight line, had even money, and uh, uh, that, that was the uh, play I bet this morning. Now it's up to minus 130 right in that range. I really can't recommend it, but uh, I do like the Cubs a little bit tonight.
3: Yeah, huge movement toward the Cubs. Like you said, Hendricks has really been picking up steam as of late, and they're also getting a big addition in Anthony Rizzo back in the lineup. That's already performing over their heads, at least, as to what we expected this season. So a big addition for the Cubs getting their captain back. Again, at Bett Rivers, you could get a little bit better, number minus 121. But as Matt alluded to, even money is where it opens. So the market is loving them Cubbies tonight. We'll be rooting along with him, Matt. As always, thanks for taking some time, my friend, and enjoy your night.
2: Anytime. Great to be on with the Irish Bulldog. Thanks, Danny. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Love it. There he is, Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247 Again, host of My Guys in the Desert, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. He is rolling with the Cubbies on the money line. It's gotten a little bit out of hand, but that's where it looks like the sharp attention is, minus 121 tonight against the Padres. And, you know, him and I were on the same thought process, mostly with because that, that Denver-Portland game, you know, we don't really have that strong conviction one way or the other. Look for an in-game opportunity with a better number. In terms of the Suns and the Lakers, though, you know, we're both liking the sun's here, five maybe a little bit too steep, so again, you know, we're beating the dead horse, but live betting could be your best friend. When it comes to the Lakers and the Suns, if Los Angeles and LeBron James can keep it close, maybe take an early lead, look to jump in on Phoenix at some point tonight against Los Angeles, presumably without their big man, Anthony Davis. But as for my official play this evening, going back to the diamond, we are rolling with the San Francisco Giants. Minus 153 is where I snagged them at. Hefty price delay, but again, another game where the market has moved in favor of San Fran. Minus 144 up to minus 162. Their southpaw, Alex Wood, has been a beat this season hopefully he continues tonight against the angels who are throwing haney out there the giants have had a lot of success lately these last two weeks fourth best in ops against south paws let's hope that continues again tonight as always best of luck if you tail with any of our bets big thanks to our guests dan rosen and matt humans and thanks to all of you for tuning in enjoy your night we'll catch up again for another edition of rush hour tomorrow